Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. My name is Luke Thompson. This is my podcast. This episode is called Film Club Taken. And you could be forgiven for wondering what the title of this episode actually means. Well, let me tell you, it's an episode all about the movie Taken, starring Liam Neeson. Now, you might remember me talking about this film in a recent episode of the podcast with my friend Cornelio. We talked about Taken a little bit. Do you remember that? Well, I'm a little bit obsessed by this film, and I talk about it in my stand-up shows. So, I've decided to devote this episode just to this subject, and that's the subject of the film Taken, starring Liam Neeson. You might notice that there is some moody music going on in the background. This is actually some of the official soundtrack to the film Taken. I've decided to play it in the background to add a bit of drama, suspense and tension to the beginning of this episode of the podcast. Um, For ages on Luke's English Podcast, I've been talking about doing episodes about films. I have done some movie-themed episodes before. That was a dramatic bit, wasn't it? I have done some movie-themed episodes before. But this is the first episode in what I hope will become a series devoted to some classic movie moments. Some classic moments from cinema history. And at this point, you might be thinking, what, Luke, another series? How many series have you done now on the podcast? Or how many series have you actually started? Fair enough. Yes, I did start a series on accents some time ago. I also have started a series on British slang, which I never really finished. I'm also uh, doing a series on British comedy. Then there was also your English podcast. Okay, I like doing series of episodes on themes and stuff. And this one, um, this theme is films movies let's say and i've decided to call this series luke's film club which uh, could also be known as lfc not liverpool football club no that's luke's film club uh, or or lufk okay luke's film club or lufk lufk it doesn't really work does it lufk anyway there's, there's no vowel in there so it doesn't work i could easily have called this series another name. I was thinking of calling it Luke's Classic Movie Moments. Um, Luke's Classic Movie Moments. But my brother thought that that sounded too American, which put me off slightly. I quite like Luke's Classic Movie Moments. I quite like that. Or you could call it Luke'em. Luke's Classic Movie Moments, or Luke'em for short, which also doesn't work. Um, but anyway, uh, Luke's Film Club um, Uh, which is also known as Luke's Classic Movie Moments, in which we are going to look at a classic moment from the movies. Um, In this one, I've decided to focus on Taken, which was filmed in 2008, um, and it stars Liam Neeson. Uh, It was directed by Pierre Morel, and it was written by Luc Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. Suddenly the music is becoming 
very dramatic at this point. There's a little little bit of tension there in the background, which I think is appropriate considering the uh, the the nature of the film that we're talking about. Right, let's cut to the chase. Let's get down to business. Um, have you seen this film? Do you know the film I'm talking about? Well, um, here's a quick plot synopsis, just in case it has a different name in your country or something, or just in case you need something to jog your memory. Um, this is a film about a retired CIA agent who travels across Europe and relies on his old skills in order to save his estranged daughter, who has been kidnapped while on a trip to Paris. Um, there is a sequel to this as well, which is called Taken 2, and very soon in the cinemas you will be able to see Taken 3. In fact, by the time that you listen to this, if you listen to this sort of in a, in a few months or some, you know, some time further on in the future, uh, you might be able to watch Taken 3 on DVD or Blu-ray or just to stream it online uh, or something like that. This one is about just Taken 1, the original Taken, which has a score on the Internet Movie Database. It has a, a rating of 7.9 out of 10. And on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the other famous movie review website, Rotten Tomatoes, there it has a, uh, a rating of 58%. Um, so it's not considered to be one of the greatest works of cinema history. It's certainly not Citizen Kane or The Godfather or anything like that. Um, to be honest, it's a slightly trashy exploitation thriller, which um, really pushes emotional buttons in order to keep you engaged throughout. It um, has revived the career, to some extent, of Liam Neeson, who is a great actor, with a lot of screen presence and gravity. Personally, I think that Liam Neeson is one of the greatest actors of his generation. Perhaps his most famous role is um, from Schindler's List, when he, he played the part of Oscar Schindler in Schindler's List. But he's been in plenty of other movies, and he has worked with some of Hollywood's top talent, including directors like George Lucas and Ridley Scott and Christopher Nolan. That's right, he was in Batman Begins, playing... I think the character was called Raz Al Ghul or something. Anyway, he's the guy who teaches Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, how to sort of, you know, beat people up using ninja skills and stuff. He teaches Batman how to be Batman, basically. So this is the guy who... This is like Batman's master. Okay, so you know what you know who I'm talking about, Liam Neeson. I think he's a great actor. Um, since making Taken, Liam Neeson has become somewhat typecast as this kind of brooding, revenge-obsessed middle-aged man. Um, he's made several sequels um, to this film, as I mentioned. Taken Three is on its way, and also a, a few other similar films um, like Taken um, more recently. Now, why have I chosen to bang on about Taken? For a whole episode. Well, if you've seen the film, you'll probably agree that it is a wild ride. It's a thrilling film, but when you actually stop and think about it, it's really quite ridiculous. And it has some very questionable ethics and some slight undertones of racism. I'm not even sure that they are undertones. They're they're just genuine, like, you know, there's there is some kind of racist subtext in there, I think. Anyway, it's kind of a questionable film from a, in, uh, an ideological point of view. Um, but when we watch this film, for some reason, we are all expected to just leave our brains at the door and not think about that stuff too much. Um, the film pushes some rather strong emotional buttons 
And that, I think, makes you ignore the dodgy politics and subtext of the film. Um, I expect that a lot of you have seen this film because it was a big hit around the world. But many of you may not have seen it. If you haven't seen it, then don't worry. I will explain some of the plot and other details that you need to know in order to follow this episode. I should say at this point, I should say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, which is what you say... um, before you give away the details of the plot of a film before people have seen it. So if you haven't seen it, then I might give away a few plot details. That's why I said spoiler alert. Um, But don't worry, because in my opinion, really, it's impossible to spoil this film. Honestly, I think it it can't be spoiled. Um, If you've seen the trailer for the film, then you'll know exactly what happens. And it's still enjoyable. Even if you know what's going to happen, the film is still enjoyable. In fact, I think that just knowing the title of the film tells you pretty much all you need to know. Taken. His daughter is taken, kidnapped, and he does everything he can to get her back. That's it. That's basically it. It's a ride uh, with, a, with very few surprises along the way. It doesn't. There are no major plot twists, really. It's more just about the drama of a man trying to get his daughter back uh, using his special CIA skills. So the film really, it does exactly what it says on the tin, which is a phrase that we use in English sometimes to mean that uh, something does exactly what it says it will do. It comes from, a th- it, it, you might use this to describe, for example, a, I remember it in a TV advert when I was a kid. Uh, it, they used to use that phrase to advertise, I think it was Ron Seal wood varnish, which is something you paint on wood in order to protect it and make it look shiny. Ron Seal wood varnish. And they said, Ron Seal wood varnish, it does exactly what it says on the tin. This is Ron Seal quick drying wood stain. You can't miss it. It comes in a tin with Ron Seal quick drying wood stain on it. It protects and it's rainproof in about 30 minutes which means in about 30 minutes, your wood's rainproof and protected. So if you've got wood to stain and you want it to dry quickly, use Ronsil Quick Dry and Wood Stain. It does exactly what it says on the tin. does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, so if something does exactly what it says on the tin, if you imagine a, like a, a tin of varnish and it says, it varnishes wood, then the tin does exactly what it... the, the product does exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, we, we now use this phrase to, to describe all sorts of other things. If something does exactly what it says it will do, if it does what it looks like it's going to do, if there are no hidden aspects to something, if it's just very clear and does exactly what it says it will do, then you could say, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Okay, so for me, Taken does exactly what it says on the tin, because all you need to do is look at the film poster, um, maybe see the trailer, and you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, So in this episode, we're going to hear a classic moment from this film, and then I'm going to give you my viewpoints on the film as a whole, and then we'll go back to analyse some of the language in the classic scene. And by analyse, really, I mean we'll go over... Uh, the script for the um, for that classic moment from this film. We'll go over it a few times. Um, I'll give you a chance to try and uh, like repeat after me as I go through the script and so on. Also, I'm going to play around with the script and do it in a few different regional accents, which which could be interesting. Now, you might be thinking, Luke, 
Um, you're thinking about this film too much. I can't believe that you've dedicated an entire episode of Luke's English Podcast to, dish, to just this one stupid film. Don't, don't overanalyze it. Well, um, to be honest, I find it hard to leave my brain at the door when I see films. And I, personally, I don't think I should. I think I should... I think we should intellectualise these films. It's fun and it's interesting. I mean, why should I stop thinking when I go to see a film? No, I like to analyse and intellectualise films. And I love to intellectualise trashy movies like this one. And I think it is a bit of a trashy movie, really. It's not really A-class, top-quality Hollywood magic. Um, it's a pretty trashy thriller at the end of the day. Uh, one of my favourite things, one of the things I love doing, is to sit around with my friends and uh, watch a film and just take the piss out of it while we're watching it. I mean, just kind of make comments about it, um, make jokes about what we're watching, satirise it, um, criticise it, and so on. I think it's really fun, especially when you're watching... Um, a sort of B-movie or something like that. It's really great fun. Also, I studied films at university and I learned that any film can be analysed as a text and that everyone is free to take their own interpretation of a movie. I also love talking about films and popular culture in my stand-up routines and I find that they are a great source of comedy. So, let's get started. Let's, let's deal with Taken shall we? So you, first of all, you're going to hear that classic moment from the film, uh, then my point of view, and then a little bit of intonation, sentence stress, and a few different accents um, using the script from that classic moment from this film. All right, so let's get started. Let's hear, first of all, the classic moment from uh, Taken. And this is a, a moment which has now entered popular culture. This is a um, uh, a scene from the film which has been parodied many, many times on shows like Family Guy. Uh, there are memes of this uh, this moment online, lots of uh, like online jokes, and I think it's just become part of popular consciousness. So in this scene, uh, we know that Liam Neeson is a retired CIA agent, and while his daughter is on holiday in Paris, she gets kidnapped. And he manages to speak to one of the kidnappers on his mobile phone. Um, and this, this moment is his only opportunity to speak to the kidnappers and then save his daughter. And he delivers this classic speech. Here it is. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Good luck. Okay, so there we go. That's the uh, the classic scene. So, 
Did you catch that? I think you probably did. You'll find a script for that on teacherluke.co.uk if you find the page for this episode um, and the video as well from YouTube. So what's my point of view for this film? Well, you've got a general idea already. I've, I've said a few things. But um, it's particularly interesting for me, this film, because, you know, I live in Paris and I'm from Europe. I'm interested in films. I like to understand the way that sort of Hollywood producers see these movies. But this film was also written and, and directed by um, a French team as well. So, um, OK, being in Paris, often I'm surprised, in fact, to meet so many American sort of 20 something girls here because I think haven't they seen the film Taken starring Liam Neeson because that does present rather a paranoid vision of Europe particularly Paris and I think if they'd seen it wouldn't that wouldn't that put them off but obviously they know it's just a just a movie but nevertheless let's have a quick look through what I'm talking about so Liam Neeson is a special agent deep cover black ops undercover assassin type guy you can tell he is because he punches people with the edges of his hands, right? That's the way in which, if you're trained by the American government, you'll, you won't just do a standard punch, no. It has to be done with the edge of the hand, the elbow, the knee. You know, he kind of does, he likes to do the, the, the edge of the hand in the throat, that, you know, that move. He, you know, Jason Bourne, I think, has probably studied with the same guy. Um, edges and hands. Guys are coming in with the two fingers in the eyes and he's blocking them with his hand, you know that move? He knows all of the specialist moves, okay? Um, so, so his daughter wants to go to Paris. So he's got a teenage daughter now, um, and she wants to go to Paris, but he, do- he doesn't want her to go because, according to him, it's too dangerous, you know? And he says to her, no, Kimmy, no, you can't go. I've seen the world, Kimmy. I know what it's like. It's mostly boring. There's lots of queuing. But, you know, but seriously, Kimmy, it's too dangerous. I know how bad Europe can be. I'm from Belfast. So he he tells her that uh, she can't go because she'll be kidnapped, in fact, and turned into a sex slave. No, Kimmy, you'll be kidnapped and turned into a sex slave. And at best in Paris, you'll just receive bad table service from waiters. You can't go. Right. So he tells her that that she can't go. He's scared, basically. Kimmy, I know what French men are like. They're very charming. They'll buy you roses. You'll be seduced and turned into a sex slave. And she's like, yeah, I know. He's a bit overprotective, though, to say the least. He tells her that she can't go because it's too dangerous. But really, if you look at the character of Kimmy, I think that's not really why she can't go. Really, she shouldn't be allowed to go because she has to learn that, that she can't get absolutely everything she wants in life by emotionally blackmailing her parents. She has received literally everything she's ever wanted. She's so spoiled. So someone has to say no to this girl. I mean, she's a monster. She, To be honest, she's the real terrorist in this film. And anyway, the, what's the assumption? Why would she automatically be kidnapped upon arrival in Paris? I mean, it's not like we're always getting kidnapped here, is it? It's not a daily occurrence. Like, oh, where's Rob? Oh, uh, oh, he got kidnapped. Oh, oh, that's annoying, isn't it? Or, um, I'm sorry I'm late for the meeting. I got kidnapped uh, and turned, uh, turned into a sex slave. Um, it was very inconvenient. Um, yeah, the whole bus was kidnapped for an hour. It was really annoying. So I think it's a, it's a bit sort of, I don't know, misguided or arrogant to assume that just any American girl arriving in Europe will instantly be taken. 
I mean, we like American girls, we love them, but it's not like American girls are those super rare Pokemon that everyone's got to catch. You know what I mean? I mean, we have plenty of nice European girls. We can kidnap ourselves, thank you very much. I think in reality as well, Paris is a little bit different. Um, And she would come up against challenges. They wouldn't necessarily be the ones that she experiences in the film. I'm not saying it never happens. I'm just saying that uh, Liam Neeson's fear is a little bit paranoid in this movie. Um, In reality, I think she would arrive uh, at the airport in Paris and rather than being set upon by kidnappers, I think just no one would really care. I mean, she'd probably just be ignored. She'd be trying to get attention. Like, excuse me, can someone help me with my bags? Nothing. No one no one would notice. Uh, in fact, she'd probably just get manage to get onto the uh, train and then just start annoying all the commuters with her big luggage. She'd just be another uh, tourist annoying the locals in Paris. She'd be confronted, for example, by the slightly strange smell uh, on the Paris metro, and she'd just be instantly on the phone to Liam Neeson to get help. Daddy, daddy, help! What is it, Kimmy? Have you been taken? No, it's just everyone Everyone here is just a lot ruder than I expected, and it smells a bit weird. Uh, maybe, to be honest, maybe that's why he doesn't want her to go, you know. No, Kimmy, you can't go to Paris. I know what it's like. Some parts of it smell of piss, and people are very inconsiderate on public transport. No, Kimmy, you, you'll experience culture shock. It's not like the movies. But she does persuade him to let her go, and she arrives in Paris. And what happens? Boom, kidnapped immediately. You know, she hasn't even seen the Eiffel Tower. She's, she hasn't even seen a dog poo. She's immediately kidnapped. He, he manages then to get one of the kidnappers on the phone, as we've just heard, and he does deliver that classic speech. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want, but I will track you down. I will find you. I have a very particular set of skills, like punching people with the edge of my hand and stuff. I'm a professional. Well, I'm semi-retired, but I'm a professional. I've got a very particular set of skills, and I will find you, and I will kill you, and then I'll be contractually obliged to make a sequel for for legal reasons, but I will kill you. And then at that point, the terrorist just says, good luck. Now, why why does he say that? Really? I mean, I know, okay, I know it was sarcasm. He's just being sarcastic, like, oh yeah, good luck. But really, couldn't he think of something better to say in that moment? And there is a pause. It's like, I, find, I will find you, and I will kill you. Good, l- good luck. You know, I reckon it's because the terrorist maybe just had a low level of English. And in that moment, in the sort of stress of the moment, he couldn't think of something better to say than just, uh, good luck. You know, when you're in conversation in a second language, sometimes the pressure is on. Sometimes you don't really know what the appropriate thing is to say, and you've just got to say something kind of quickly. Um, you know, you rely on certain standard phrases like, well done, good luck, thank you, you too, you know. So maybe just, and, and sometimes you get into a situation where you just don't know what the appropriate response is, so you just fall back on what you know. Like, uh, good good luck, you know. I know how he feels, this terrorist. I mean, I I do, not that he's a terrorist, actually. He's um, well, like he's involved in human trafficking. Yeah, he's a bad guy anyway. That's That's for sure. I know how this guy feels because I do that kind of thing in French all the time. I mean, like the other day I was standing in the street uh, in Paris waiting for a friend and a stranger came up to me and asked me for directions for somewhere. And I couldn't really understand 
And I wanted to say, sorry, I don't know. Which in French is like, uh, pardon, je, je ne sais pas. Which is, I don't know. And what I actually said was, ah, désolé, uh, je ne suis pas. Pardon. Which actually means, sorry, but um, I'm, I'm not. Sorry. Just, I, uh, sorry, I am not. <laughs> which is, I guess, it's a bit like saying, I'm sorry, no, I, I don't exist. Uh, I'm, I am not. I am not. I just, I'm not here. Sorry, I'm invisible. I, I can't help you. I mean, it was, it was the wrong thing. I wanted to say, I'm, I don't know. I ended up saying, I am not, which is weird. The guy, to be fair, the guy just smiled and, and walked on to the next person, which was nice. Yeah, but I will find you and I will kill you. Good luck. So maybe the guys just didn't know what else to say. Anyway, Liam Neeson does come to Paris. He does find them and then he, kill, he, do, he kills everyone, okay? He kills everyone in Paris. I mean, I, he killed me. I'm dead now because Liam Neeson uh, killed me. Um, he kills everyone, even guys who are not really even involved. He just kills them all. I mean, he kills, a, he kill, he kills guys who were hardly even sort of part of the whole operation, like guys who just happened to be there, who, who, who just in, were maybe just in town for the weekend, maybe helping out their cousin or their uncle, you know, while, while attempting to find cheap accommodation and then a job, you know? Like, okay, Abdul, we'll go to the apartment soon. Just wait here. Just wait here for a while and just watch out for Liam Neeson, okay? Ten minutes, okay? Okay, uncle, I'll, I'll just wait here for ten minutes. Poor guy gets, gets stabbed in the throat for that by Liam Neeson. And we're, and we're supposed not only to accept and support all of this, uh, but to, to completely agree with him and, and, and root for him completely. Because why? Because he loves his daughter. That's right. He, he loves his daughter. So it's fine. In fact, it's great, isn't it? Because, I mean, to be fair to him, I did hear that parenthood was stressful and that you will do anything for your kids. But really, I mean, traveling to another continent and committing multiple murders... I don't know. I watched this film with my girlfriend and she was completely sold on it. She absolutely loved it. Uh, there's a scene in the film where he jumps onto a boat and, and kills everyone on the boat. He kills one guy by sort of snapping his neck. You know, you know that move? Boom! You know when Hollywood guys like just turn someone's head in their hands and snap their neck and kill them instantly? Um... It seems to be the easiest way. If you, if that's how, if that's how easy it is to kill someone, just like that, then wh- why, why do they have guns in America? I don't know. But anyway, um, we watch this scene. He snap, he, he strangles this guy, and my girlfriend's like, "Oh my god, he's so sweet. He really loves his daughter. <laughs> he's even prepared to strangle a man to death with his bare hands. It's what a good, he's such a good father." Yeah, never mind the fact that he's a rage-filled serial killer. The main thing is, yeah, he's a really good dad. Yeah. And it is stressful being, bringing up a daughter. So, and so what if he killed a few people in Europe? I mean, you know, he's got good reason to. It's just, he really loves her, I suppose. That's what we're supposed to think, isn't it? Um, but I think he's not even a good dad. In fact, I actually think he's a, he's a really bad father. Like, first of all... First of all, he actually missed out on most of his daughter's childhood. He just wasn't there. Why? Because he was too busy traveling around the world, working for the CIA, killing people. Okay? His wife even, like, his marriage broke down and his wife even left him because of this. You know, she's like, sometimes I wonder if you love murder more than your own family. And he's like, Gene, I 
but he knows it's true, you see. So he decides, when she, you know, she, uh, Kimmy's like a teenager, he decides, he decides he's going to cut back on the killing so that he can spend more time with Kim, his daughter. Oh, how sweet! <laughs> you see how far he's willing to go to repair his relationship with his daughter? He's even willing to kill fewer people. What a night! What a lovely guy! Um, she then gets kidnapped, of course, in Paris, and it turns out that the best way that he can prove his love for his daughter is by going and killing foreign people. Um, and even his wife fancies him more at the end of the film. Why? Because he loves his daughter. That's true. But it is a great film, despite the things I've just said. It's still a great film. It's still an exciting ride. Just when you think about it, some of it is a little bit questionable. That's all. Now, I wonder what you think of the film. What I just gave to you then is not so much a review, more a response to it, I suppose. Um, I wonder what you think. You might be thinking, you might have a completely different opinion of the film than me, in which case I'd like, I'd love to know what it is. So, of course, you can leave your comments at teacherluke.co.uk, as usual. Um, Some of you uh, might just be thinking, Luke, you're thinking too much about it. And if that's the case, well, fine. Yeah, the main thing is that we're having fun, right? Um, So, okay, now I'm not the only person, of course, I'm not the only person to uh, have thought about this film. Um, In fact, remember Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon from that uh, film, from that TV show, The Trip? Um, Some of you know about it. Um, I've played a little bit from uh, uh, their show before. It's basically them sitting in a restaurant talking about films and doing impressions of actors and things. The last time I played some of that to you was um, when uh, I was talking about James Bond and we heard them doing their James Bond stuff. Now, now, come, 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 Mr. Bond. You derive as much pleasure from killing as I do. You know, that, all that stuff, remember? Um, only when I kill, I, I kill for queen and country. You know, remember that? The, the James Bond episode. Anyway, let's now hear from... Uh, comedians and actors Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan as they talk for a minute or so about the film Taken. I'm kidding as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. When I kill, I kill for queen and country. Though I admit, killing you... Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much... If it's Piers Brosnan, let's say. When I kill, I... My name is Bond, James Bond. When I kill, I kill for queen and country, although I admit killing you would be a pleasure. You know, I've never liked artichokes, and there's nothing. Hi. Uh, I... Liam Neeson. Hi. Look, if you let her go, that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, I will hunt you down. I will find you, and I will kill you. Liam Neeson. I do this for a living. If you let her go now, that'll be, if you let her go now, that'll, that'll be the end of it. One man. Searching for but if you don't, I do this for a living. I will hunt you down. I will find you. What was his job? And I will kill you. What did he do for a living? Um, he the Supply teacher. No. I do this for a living. Now get out your textbooks. <laughs> I do this for a living. Now look, do your homework. I, I don't know why you haven't done it. And no, that's, yeah, that could be quite an interesting approach for, uh, for a teacher. You get a new student in the class. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. Well, I assume that you want to learn English. I don't know where you've come from. Your name's not on my list. But if you sit down 
and get out your textbooks, then I won't kill you, and I will teach you English. That could be an interesting approach as an English teacher. Maybe I should do that at the beginning of my next class. Um, also, the, here, how about this from the, the TV show Family Guy? This is a sort of uh, parody of Taken from Family Guy. If you know about Family Guy, it's, you know, it's like the Simpsons kind of thing. And uh, it's about a, a, a sort of ordinary, sort of schlubby, fat, middle, uh, middle-aged American guy and his family. Um, and they parody films and stuff. And this is their Taken parody. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. But I have a very particular lack of skills. I will never be able to find you. But what I do have is two dollars and a Casio wristwatch. You can have one of them. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm now just attempting to find the script from this scene um, in Taken, so I can just sort of go through it and read it to you. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to put this this script onto the web page, and so you can just have fun practicing it because it can be quite fun to play around with um, scripts from films, especially kind of big moments, big uh, speeches like this one, because. Think about the performance by by um, Liam Neeson. It is a fantastic performance. And how does he do that? It's A lot of it's about pausing in the right places, subtle use of intonation, and so on. So what I'm going to do now is um, I'm going to read this script to you in sort of very boring and flat intonation first. And then I'm going to give it to you in what I think is slightly more realistic in- intonation. And then after that, who knows, I haven't decided. I might play around with some stupid intonation as well. Let's see. So here is here it is in sort of boring intonation with no um, um, no pausing or anything, just very flat. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a particular set of skills, skills I have acquired over a long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you and I will kill you. Right. That it, I don't think... Um, it would have gone down in in cinema history had uh, Liam Neeson done it like that. Let's try and do it with a bit more feeling. Um, And, um, okay, now I could try and do an impression. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have any money. No, I'm not going to do the whole thing like that. I'm just going to do it as me. I I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom... I can tell you I don't have any money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Okay, you could repeat that. And, you know, hit, you hear the pauses. You can re- rewind and repeat that. In fact, okay, let's do a, a listen and repeat bit by bit. And you can try and repeat this the way I'm doing it. I realize I'm, I'm saying them the sentences fairly fast, but the words are being linked up. I'm just trying to do it naturally. Okay, um, so try and repeat these sections after me. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom... I can tell you I don't have any money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. 
Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Okay. So now you know what to say if um, you know, you're dealing with a, a sort of kidnapping scenario. <laughs> I hope that never, ever, ever genuinely happens to you. Let's try this again. I think I'm going to say this f- speech in a few different accents. Which accent shall I do? How about a Cockney sort of geezer from London? All right, let's try that. Listen, mate, look, I'm glad I got you on the phone because, to be honest with you, you're doing my head right in. You're mugging me right off at this moment. I don't know who you are. I don't even know what you want. Um, If you're looking for a ransom, I can tell you I ain't got no money. But what I do have is a very particular set of skills, right? Skills I've acquired over a very, very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. So if you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I won't look for you. I won't pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you because you're mugging me off. You understand? I will find you and I will cut you, mate. I will I will cut you up. I will kill you. Do you understand? Give me my, frick, give me my fucking daughter, you mub, you muppet. Okay, so that's the Cockney. Um, let's try. Let's try a very posh, um, a very posh gentleman. Um, hello. Um, hello. Ah. Now I, I, I hear I, I am, get I'm getting the impression from your heavy breathing that you're some sort of evil Hollywood bad guy, and um, now listen, we we, now listen, we we jolly well, will not put up with this kind of behavior. Now, I understand that I don't know who you are, and I, I, I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a ransom, I can tell you that I, I have no money. I know that you don't believe me, but um, it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm from an aristocratic background. Um, we don't have... I have land. I've got, uh, I've got property, but it's very difficult to convert into cash in a short period of time. What I do have are lots of family connections, uh, uh, paintings, um, blue blood. Uh, I know people in Eton, and I also have a very particular set of skills, skills I've acquired over a, 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 a very long career um, in, in finance, skills that make me a nightmare, to be honest. Now, look, I'm a, I'm a bloody nightmare for people like you because I've got... Conne- I know people in... Uh, in oh, I don't really know anyone anymore. They're all dead. But if you if you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. Okay? I won't I won't look for you. I shall not pursue you. But if you don't, then I shall look for you. I shall find you, and I'll bloody well kill you. Okay? Right. That was a sort of posh guy. Hello, this is Luke, and uh, I'm just interrupting myself in this episode. I hope you're enjoying this one. I am. Um, I just wanted to interrupt you just to say, sorry, I know that there is a slight buzzing noise, which you're going to hear in the next part of this recording. There's a slight buzzing. It was caused by a cable, an audio cable, that uh, wasn't plugged in. So, sorry, you might hear a little bit of buzzing. I've tried to fix it, um, but it's still there. It's a little bit annoying. 
So I know that there's a buzzing sound. I hope that it doesn't bother you too much. Let's carry on with this rather fun episode. And here it is. Right, how about this one? This is a sort of, uh, I don't know. I suppose he comes from Greater Manchester, something like that. He's an angry man, very angry man. Look, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have any money. I'm from the north of England. You can blame Thatcher for that. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. You know, I'll come round sometime, I'll tell you all about it. Skills that make me a nightmare, frankly speaking, for people like you. But, uh, if you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I'll take you out for a ploughman's. It'll be nice. But, I won't... Yes, so if you let her go, I won't look for you. I won't pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will... I'll find you, alright? And I'll... I'll kill you, alright? I don't want to, but if... if you're twisting my arm here. Alright? Good. Are you still there? Fine. Okay, let's have, um... Birmingham. Sort of Birmingham accent. Yeah, I've got to get into the character like that a little bit at the beginning, because I'm from Birmingham. Alright, how's it going? Yeah, oh, how did you get here? Uh, I took the train, uh, you know, through Leamington Spa, and then up through uh, Durridge and Knoll and Solihull, and all the way into Birmingham Snow Hill. It was amazing. Sorry, I'm just getting a phone call on my, on my mobile. Hold on a second. Hello? Right. Oh, I see. Oh, all oh, right. So it's like that film, is it? Like, what, what's it called? Taken? Yeah. All right. Okay. Right. So, listen. Listen, mate. Stop breathing for a moment. Right. I don't know who you are. I don't know, because, look, I don't have voice ID on my phone, right? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, right, I can tell you, I don't have any money. Honestly, I don't. But what I do have is, and I'm trying to keep the accent sorted. All right, I'm from Birmingham. All right, how's it going? Oh, no, I'm from fucking Birmingham, like that. Um, I, what I do have is a very particular set of skills, skills I've acquired over a very, very long career. Skills that make me a, a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. All right, I, that, just forget about it. I went a bit mank there, didn't I, for a moment? All right, I could, but I'm not from I'm not from Manchester, right? I'm from Birmingham, so I, I won't look for you. I won't I won't pursue you. But if you don't, right, I'll be forced to look for you, and I will find you, and I'll kill you. All right. So just think about it. The accent is a, it sort of drifted north there in that one. I, I don't know why. I'm having fun. I hope that you're having fun too, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you're not, then, well, that's just your hard cheese. But we're going to keep going because I'm enjoying myself and that's important. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. It's a free service. Don't forget that. Uh, if you were wondering, I, 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 this is not what I paid for. Well, uh, you didn't pay for anything. I, I think you're fine. Unless, of course, you're one of those amazing human beings who've sent me a donation. But I think that you will understand that this is Luke's English podcast. This is where uh, I get to choose the output. And if I want to do the speech from Taken in a variety of accents, then I'm jolly well going to do it. And anyway, you need to know, don't you? You need to know what the accents sound like. I, I have a, a, a textbook. Uh, I think it's called English Pronunciation in Use. And there's a section, there's a chapter in this Cambridge published book in which they do this okay it's not as funny as this um i mean i'm not saying that this is really funny i'm just saying that cambridge uh pronunciation english pronunciation use is definitely not funny i mean it's 
it's really it's really unfunny any if anything i mean if you played if you put the cd like cd2 from english pronunciation and use on at a comedy show i'm telling you it wouldn't go down very well okay it'd be like you know track number one english pronunciation in use cd2 track one a this this is a this is a record you know it would be boring the audience would be like boo it wouldn't work so okay i know i'm just justifying what i'm doing to you but i'm also justifying it to myself in order to make myself feel feel better let's try doing this speech in another voice i'm going to try and do it in another voice let's see okay this is a sort of middle-aged man from the from the 50s my name is uh, okay i don't know who you are uh, i don't know what you want if you're looking for ransom i can tell you i don't have any money what i do have are a very particular set of skills i'm able to operate a typewriter skills i've acquired over a very long career skills that make me a nightmare for people like you if you let my daughter go now that'll be the end of it i don't know where that voice is going let's change him into a sort of American show business announcer. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you. I don't have any money. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Okay, that's that's kind of stupid. But I'm having fun. Okay, I'm going to think of another one. Okay, we're going to go to fucking Liverpool now, aren't we? going to go to Liverpool. Uh, listen, mate, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I ain't got no... I've got any money. What I do have, though, is a very particular set of skills, right? I'm very good at... I'm really good at, like, sort of um, mugging students. It's a skill I've got. Skills I've acquired over a very, very detailed and very long career. Skills that make me a, a, a nightmare for people like you. The accent is starting to slip a little bit. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. All right, that'll be it. Okay, I won't look for you, won't pursue you. But if I don't, I will look for you, I will find you, and I'll kill you. All right. Okay, I think that is now a good moment to finish this episode of Luke's English Podcast. Um, do check out uh, teacherluke.co.uk and you can leave comments with your opinions on the film. Um, and uh, there's a sequel to, to Taken 2, which you've probably seen as well. It's nowhere near as good. I mean, um, Taken is, is an enjoyable film, as I've said. Taken 2 is just just crap. I mean, it's really bad. This is a film, okay, in Taken 2. This is a film in which uh, Liam Neeson says, says this line, Kimmy, Kimmy, your mother has been taken, and I'm going to be taken too. Yes, that's in the film. Um, it's a film in which... Liam Neeson gets uh, kidnapped by, like, sort of the cousin of the guy who, who he, one of the guys he killed. I mean, I'm not surprised, considering the number of people he, he punched in the face. I'm not surprised that someone came back for, for, for revenge. I mean, it's not like even that, that Liam Neeson, uh, had to, to, to go to court. You know, he didn't have to go in front of the European Court of Justice. Um, there were seemingly no repercussions to the the things he did in in Paris and all of the people that he you know he killed and and harmed no the only bit of revenge it seems is that um uh some of the the family members of the people he fought against come back to take revenge and they kidnap him and his wife and he manages to get on the phone to Kimmy uh and he says things like Kimmy go in the go in the cupboard in my room 
there's a just don't don't go in the left cupboard there's seriously don't go in there please it's my pawn is in there but so don't go in there go in the right cupboard you'll find some grenades and of course he's got some grenades in his cupboard um and um he gets Kimmy to run across the top of uh, a market in Istanbul, one of the busiest markets in Istanbul, and and he gets her to run across the roof of it. And the the method he has for locating, for he's he's trying to help her locate him. How he gets her to run across the roof of the market in Istanbul, throwing grenades off the top of the market. And so he can hear from the explosions of the grenades where she is, and he allow- that allows him to tell her where to go. And she drops uh, a key or a gun or something down a chimney. Okay, but like she's just throwing grenades off the top of a market in Istanbul. Yeah, never mind all the innocent men, women, and children down below who are just buying their shopping, and then just boom, grenades. Oh no, no, never mind that. As long as, as long as Liam Neeson is reunited with his daughter. As long as one American girl is okay, then then fine. Okay, I think I've said my piece, haven't I? It's becoming a rant. It's sort of a rant, okay? A rant is when you angrily... and like It's like an extended bit of speech talking about something in an angry way. That's a rant. So I suppose this is my Taken rant. So that's the end of my episode about Taken and my rant on, on the subject. Um, and that's it for this episode. There'll be more stuff coming your way soon. But for this one, it's time for me to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humor and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.